My Seven Chakras, Episode 306. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom, inspiring stories, and action steps that will transform your life. So if you are new to our show, then know that you are in the right spot. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know that I've recently uploaded a chakra training video online to talk to you about the benefits of balancing your energies and four powerful techniques that will help you activate your root chakra for more abundance, more alignment, and more connection. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash energy training. That's my7chakras.com forward slash energy training. And with that, let's bring on our special guest for today, Dr. Suhas Shirsagar. So Dr. Suhas, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. I'm ready to inspire and be inspired. Because what it's a two-way process. Absolutely. So Dr. Suhas Shirsagar is a world-renowned Ayurvedic physician from a family of traditional Vedic healers in India. He holds a BA in Ayurvedic medicine and completed a three-year residency as an MD doctorate in Ayurvedic internal medicine at the prestigious Pune University in India. Dr. Suhas is a compassionate healer and expert clinician who directs the Ayurvedic Healing and Integrative Wellness Clinic in Northern California. As a sought-after speaker and lecturer, he also travels throughout the world teaching courses in Ayurveda, training doctors, and providing Ayurvedic consultations for thousands of patients. And today, Action Tribe, all our listeners, he has decided to appear on my seven chakra so thanks once again doctor thank and you, it's sir. wonderful to have you here thank you thank you Aditya so happy to be here wonderful now as we always do we begin uh, each and every episode with some inspiration so what is that one inspirational quote that you have for our listeners and how do you apply that to your day-to-day life I think uh, it comes from uh, my Vedic background and my Vedic tradition. And it's a Sanskrit quote. It's a Shanti mantra, which I like, which is very revered in Vedic scriptures. And I think of it almost every day. And it goes, Asatoma Sadgamaya, Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya, Mrityorma Amritangamaya. And I'll explain what it means. Is Asatoma Sadgamaya means lead us all from untruth to the eternal truth, the truth that has no past, present, and future. It is beyond the time and space. It is eternally true. Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya. Tamas is darkness. Lead us from darkness to the radiant light of knowledge because it's just that difference. Whenever the things are a little bit dull, dark, and shady, and ignorant, you just need to bring in whatever little light you can. And shedding the light, bringing the light of knowledge will always dispel the ignorance. So I have to remind myself this almost every day. And the last one, which is Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya. Mrityu means death, destruction, mortality. 
and lead us all from mortality to immortality. And it might sound a little bit funny to, to connect ourselves to our immortal self. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the chakras, when you look at our physical body, there's an energetic part of our body that is untouched and eternal. And that is connected with this cosmic self, which we call it as Paramatma. So when I remind myself of all these three things every day during my meditation, it almost becomes that you go through the quagmire of life, realizing that what really meets your eyes is always not real. The best way and the best foot forward is to bring in what is the most radiant aspect or piece of knowledge or wisdom that you can bring in in order to shed light on whatever challenge you have. And most importantly, you need to really connect and spend some time with your greater self, which is totally beyond the grasp of your senses. And your ability to do that on an everyday basis will save you a lot of trouble and challenges. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I love it when any one of our guests starts our show with a hymn or an excerpt from in the language of Sanskrit, which is such a sacred language, like you mentioned, lead us away from untruth to the eternal truth, away from darkness, to the radiant light of knowledge, away from mortality, to actually recognizing our immortal selves. How powerful. And thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful wisdom with us today. Uh, let's start with the, the, the very, basics. The very motto of Ayurveda is uh, yeah. Ayurvedo Amritana. That's the motto of Ayurveda. Ayurvedo Amritana. Ayurveda for immortality. It simply means, even though it's a medical science, but right. the very basis of this medical science is to lead people and guide people to connect them with their with their immortal self. It's an enlightened way of living. That's what Ayurveda is all about. So again, right. I just wanted to highlight that point one more time to really mm -hmm. understand that this this mortality, because Buddha said that the the, the biggest fear that anybody will have anytime yeah. is the fear of death. And as you conquer that, and as you become fearless, and you conquer uh, the fear of something slipping away from you, uh, mm -hmm. so many emotional uh, challenges will be will be minimized. And I think it's a it's a good way to start the show today. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, on the very same topic, there are many of our listeners who are aware of what Ayurveda actually is and are looking for next steps. But there are some who are who might have heard about the word Ayurveda and are looking to learn more and are fascinated and are curious. So for them, could you give us a more of an overview of what exactly is Ayurveda? Ayurveda is, uh, is um, one of the most ancient and comprehensive system of healthcare that is known to humanity. Mm -hmm. It is uh, the Sanskrit word Ayurveda simply means Ayu, which is life, and Veda means knowledge or science. So it's the science of life, how to live your life properly in order to optimize your health and well-being. That's exactly what Ayurveda is. It's a consciousness-based approach to health and well-being. Since you wake up in the morning till you go to bed, what do you do? That will make your physical body, your emotional body, your energetic body feel really optimum at best. So... Uh, when I teach Ayurveda to Western physicians, I tell them that this is the way you style your life. This is the true and the original lifestyle medicine. Every choice that you make is should be based upon who you are, your understanding of your mind-body type, your understanding of the qualities of the food, qualities of people, emotions, nature, weather, behavior, and paying attention to what it does to you. 
it is mm -hmm. it is that experience what it does to you and we call it as epigenetics from a from a modern medical perspective because every experience has a corresponding component will turn on certain genes and turn off certain genes so mm -hmm. it is epigenetics it is nutrigenomics it is the lifestyle medicine it is a personalized medicine but this is what ayurveda is all about and beyond which is the spiritual basis of ayurveda it's a way with understanding and the realization of your greater self the way you live i think that's what ayurveda is all about and that's the reason why it has stood the test of the time since 5 to 6000 years ago it is becoming almost the cutting edge medicine as we practice right now it's a new age medicine it is something yeah. as old as the mother nature is and the the simple ways that it has talked about in terms of basic elements understanding the senses sensory uh, impact on the body how you live your life and more importantly how you go with the flow of nature how to align yourself mm -hmm. with the rhythms of the nature so i think ayurveda is is a is a fascinating science and it's even more applicable in the modern day and age got it got it that's a wonderful explanation and listeners i hope you are taking down notes or listening because ayurveda as we learning is a science of life but not just that it's a science of life for optimum health and wellness keeping in mind your unique mind body type your universe around you your environment nature around you and how all of those factors influence your body as you proceed in life so it is amazing and i hope your ears are perked for this now before we really dive into the questions doctor how did you get started in this field how did it all begin for you well it's an interesting story means i was born and raised in a vedic family and uh, since age 8 i was initiated in a in a typical vedic tradition um to to become uh, on the path of studying scriptures and vedic literature and things like that i did go to regular school and everything and when i came to a crossroad where i was choosing education i thought maybe i should i should select something which is connected with my roots um which was studying ayurveda so i chose to go to an ayurvedic medical school which offered me education which was a perfect blend of east and west so i did my um md in ayurvedic internal medicine i did my bachelor's of ayurvedic medicines and surgery it's a pretty long program it's a six and a half year program wow. with lot of clinical training um almost all the different branches of medicine that we study there then i finished my doctoral research in ayurveda from pune university and as i was beginning my practice my lovely wife dr manisha she is also an ayurvedic physician and we met there we got married and we started our practice in the rural part of india uh, mm -hmm. where we wanted to probably grow and settle down at at that time when i was invited by his holiness maharshi mahesh yogi who was the founder of the transcendental meditation group uh, very popular due to beatles and everyone else during that time and he was looking for some young ayurvedic couples to travel around the world to talk about um, ancient healing system of ayurveda so we thought maybe that would be a good way to to come so we came and met him in holland and we traveled all around the globe lived and worked in about 39 different countries along with our kids um we traveled the globe teaching talking about something that we were so passionate about and i think i think that is how i got started and every every person every country every culture i interacted taught ayurveda and observed their local practice of medicine people culture it taught me a lot so uh, i was able to compare where i'm coming from and how it can be applied in a typical western thinking and mindset and lifestyle so i think my journey has been 
kind of a tireless pursuit over over the last 25 years doing something which i absolutely love wonderful wonderful that's really an inspiring journey and i'm sure our listeners are really excited to know uh how it all began for you and how that call how maharishi called you and it you and your wife sort of went on a quest on a journey to uh, meeting different cultures different people integrating what you learned but also imparting the wisdom the ancient wisdom that you had to share about ayurveda now my question is what inspired you to write your recent book your latest book change your schedule change your life I think I was seeing a lot of patients in my practice who wanted to do the right thing they wanted to cook food for themselves they wanted to sit down to eat they want to go to sleep at a proper time they want to do exercise but the yeah. challenge was their schedules were so busy and so packed right. I I live in practice in bay area so uh, I see people um, routinely putting 16 18 hours in work time uh, on a everyday basis they start their day commute in crazy traffic for about an hour slump in their chairs and cubicles for 8 9 10 hours again sit in a traffic for about 7 8 um, another hour or so and then uh, they are exhausted by the end of the day they slump mm-hmm. in their sofa for some passive entertainment uh, and then they crash again for 7 8 9 hours and wake up and start it all over again so even though they wanted to do something their schedules were not allowing them so they they were doing wrong things at certain times which was creating more harm and one of the biggest example was um and when i was uh, doing the research i found out about 70% of the americans ate their biggest meal in the evening mm. and they they ate their biggest calorie meal in the evening and that too after 7:30 in the evening and when you eat that big meal in the evening then it creates a lot of sluggish dull heavy toxic ama which is uh, residual digestive impurities that makes you feel uh, very dull and heavy and groggy that you wake up in the morning um, and you will have um, probably the need for caffeine to get going and your whole cycle is kind of disrupted so i identified some key areas that what can i teach these people to change their schedule in a way where it will slowly reprogram their activities their thinking their behavior very very quickly and that was the very premise of the book and we put that book to test for thousands of people and they literally said that it has it is couple of things that i do now it has changed their life for good wonderful that is a beautiful premise action tribe if you're watching if you're listening right now make sure you note that it's not just about what you do but it's about when you do it as well the timing is also important and we're going to learn more now uh doctor you help people achieve total and optimal health right so if you could paint a picture for us what exactly is optimal health like well i think optimal health i don't want to make it very complicated this is what yeah. bhagavad uh in bhagavad gita lord krishna says yukta ahar viharasya yukta cheshtasya karmasu yukta swapna avabodhasya yogo bhavati dukha so what what lord krishna says in gita is someone who is eating the right food at the right time mm-hmm. and i would add digesting the right foods at the right time also so eating the right foods yukta ahar viharas doing the right things activities at the right time whether it's sleep or exercise or showing up for work doing various things in in accordance with the laws of nature so yukta ahar viharas yukta cheshtasya karmasu their actions are pretty balanced and regular and something which is uplifting for themselves and for the humanity yukta swapna bodhasya someone who goes to bed at a proper time wakes up early in the morning and wakes up at a proper time 
yoga bhavati dukha so this alleviates all causes of suffering this is the yoga of life so wow. this is not a rocket science it's very very simple eat the right foods which are god made foods at the right time in the amount that you can handle and digest do the activities ask the question is it beneficial for you and others what you do that that makes difference in something else so you feel purposeful and meaningful uh, everything that you do for your body for your mind but for your spirit should be done on a everyday basis go to bed at a proper time wake up at a proper time and there's nothing more to it it will automatically make you feel really radiant optimum healthy and happy wow that's amazing you know before my grandfather expired one of the things he told me to he encouraged me to read was the mahabharata and the bhagavad gita and i didn't know that lord krishna said this because this is so profound is so powerful and it's yeah. so applicable to the modern day mind people who are living in cities where like you mentioned it's so busy people don't have time to do anything because they are always maybe commuting to work or working 16 hour days and then they come back and they're tired and they have coffee and that reduces the ener- their energy even more uh now you speak about circadian rhythms in your in your in your book right so what exactly are these circadian rhythms and how are they connected with optimal health well circadian rhythms are the rhythms of nature and uh, whether we like it or not our little planet earth is tumbling on its axis right and it is swirling around the sun at a dizzying speed in galaxies being held in total suspension with gravitational force is that right mm-hmm. so as the earth is tumbling on its axis the days and nights are created as it is moving the the lunar rhythm the tidal rhythm the celestial rhythm of the planets and the movement itself the circadian rhythms of the 24 hours a day and night that are created and whether you live in new zealand whether you live in vancouver whether you live in new york you are affected by these rhythms every species around the globe is affected mm-hmm. with this to a single cellular organism the solar rhythm where when the sun comes up and what happens after it sets down the body is programmed exactly like that the clock internal clock in the body is programmed right. like that so uh, there are different things that the body does from sunrise to sunset and from sunset to sunrise the body does different activities but if you are doing completely different activities after sunset then it's going to throw a wrench in the perfect functioning of the body or you are doing something else during the day which is not supporting the activity what the body is doing there are rhythms cycles secretions enzymes um, hormones that are perfectly timed with the rhythms of universe and not only the rhythms of the universe in terms of when the sunrise and the sunset happens even with the change of season so when i go back to my roots of ayurveda i found mm-hmm. that they have talked about an ideal daily routine what is the most ideal daily routine you should have what is the most perfect evening routine you have ratri charya dinacharya and ratri charya what is the perfect evening routine you should have what is the perfect seasonal routine ritu charya you have so with mm-hmm. the changing seasons our job is to pay attention to changes which are happening around us and sync ourselves with those changes that are happening in mother nature and if you are doing those things then it's perfectly fine but if you are doing what we call it as a circadian disruption or a circadian desynchronization then it paves way to so many things if your body is trying to get some immune activity to do some bacteriophagic activity in the night Uh, or work on lipid synthesis and you are staying awake and you are watching your late night television then mm-hmm. that virus can doesn't happen 
and then it gets delayed and pushed back. And by the time you realize it in two, three months, you'll end up in a bigger problem, which is happening due to circadian disruption itself. Last year's right. Nobel Prize went to these three American physiologists who, who talked about clock genes. There are literally mm -hmm. clockwork that is going on in the body. And if you're aligning yourself with that, I think you are perfectly safe. One of the tagline that I used in my book was eat late to gain some weight, sleep late to gain some weight, sleep late to gain some weight, eat late to gain some weight. And if you're doing both, then you're doomed. Just kidding. Action Tribe, since you're enjoying today's episode about Ayurveda, would you like to experience whether this ancient system of medicine will work for you? I'd like to introduce you to Uveda, which is a family-owned business and they produce full support supplements that contain high-quality organic ingredients that can heal you. And let me tell you, I'm currently trying out their digestive and liver support supplements and it's been a great experience so far. Their customer support team is also really helpful. Now their team is committed to helping you achieve mind-body balance using a fusion of Ayurvedic principles, herbal extracts, modern science and technology. And they've got a variety of solutions depending on whether you'd like to improve your mood, enhance your digestion, heal your joints or build your overall immunity. So to make your decision easier, they've also put together an amazing offer for Action Tribe. Get a 35% discount. That's right. To try out their supplements and get a 35% off, visit uveda.com forward slash Action Tribe or apply coupon code Action Tribe at checkout. That's y-o-u-v-e-d-a.com forward slash A-C-T-I-O-N-T-R-I-B-E. uveda.com forward slash action tribe or apply coupon code action tribe at checkout uveda ayurveda made simple <laughs> eat late to gain some weight sleep late to gain some weight i mean you are striking so many chords i can just feel it with our listeners and viewers right now because their ears are perked they want to listen to you more as you dish out these amazing nuggets of wisdom uh, but dr and I, you've alluded to this a bit, but what are some ways in which we might be disrupting or going against our natural inner rhythms right now? So well, that we there are ser better. several examples. Like, uh, yeah. uh, we have patients who finish their work at 6.30, 7, 8 o'clock in the evening, come back home, grab their gym bag, and 9, 9.30, they hit the gym. And yeah. they're working out till 10, 10.30, and then they come back and they try to sleep. But the body is all supercharged and you can't sleep because you just finished mm -hmm. exercising. So you're just going to serve the net and watch uh, Netflix and stuff like that, and you're going to sleep late. As you sleep late, there's a delayed re uh, release of melatonin in your system because you're watching the, the blue light and the screens in the night. And that creates almost a, a mimic sensation as if it's daylight out there because you're looking at the bright screen. Oh, right. And uh, then the body thinks it's daylight out there. So it delays the secretion. What should happen around 9 o'clock to 11.30, 12, 12.30. And so by 1 o'clock, you start secreting and you fall asleep. Then that remains into your system till 8.30 or 9 in the morning. That should have waned off at 6 o'clock in the morning. But since it remains that, you will need caffeine, you will need sugar to get going, you feel dull and heavy uh, in the morning. And since you 
are waking up late and you're feeling dull, that caffeine is going to kick in and create more disruption. It's going to take your appetite. And suddenly, you are going to start a day with a disrupted circadian rhythm. To give you another example, that even the change of daylight savings time, okay? Yeah. Uh, they say that that one hour time change that you do, it mm-hmm. is 10% increase in heart attacks within the first week of, of time uh, of spring forward. So when you spring forward one hour, it's about 10% increase in heart attacks and hospital admissions within that week when we change the clock. So even uh-huh. that takes the body off guard and creates diseases itself. Uh, there's a whole uh, thing that I, I discussed in my book, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life. Yeah. Uh, the attacks of gouts that you get. Um, depression is that it's worst in the morning. Uh, the heart attack incidences is worst at around 9 o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, the perforations of intestines and ulcerative perforation is really, really bad around 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the night. Uh, the arthritis symptoms are really bad late in the evening, early in the morning. The bronchial asthmatic attacks happen around 10 o'clock uh, in the night. All of those things are, are cyclical because that's when the body is doing its work and that's where the imbalance sets in and triggers the symptoms. So chronobiology is the science where your biology has a chronological routine to it. Now mm-hmm. we are talking about chronopharmacology, chronopathology, chronopsychology. This is all related with how you feel, even your mind. The mm-hmm. attention span for you to get the work done is at its peak between 9.30 to 1.30 in the afternoon. So okay. you should be on your desk and doing most of your creative work between 9.30 to 1.30 in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. uh, if at all you're doing that, your brain is completely open and awake and can handle a variety of different things. But if you're not able to work around that time, then it creates disruption. The other example is you're having a swing shift. You go to work uh, around um, around five o'clock in the evening and you're working till one o'clock in the night. Right. Um, so that that is that is that there's a reason why we call it as a graveyard shift. Yeah. Um, World Health Organization recently called late night shift as a non carcinogen. So uh, I know that it is important. Some people need to work so that you and me can sleep peacefully. But the more you do that, it creates disruption. It is mm. it is the sleep cycle, exercise cycle, diet cycle, energy cycle. There are so many different cycles in the body. And it's a, it's a phenomenal machine. It's a phenomenal machine with so many gears and loops and trolleys everywhere. They are all feeding up of each other. And the biggest cue to that is sunlight. Mm. It's sunlight which sets the tone for that. As soon as your eyes hit the sunlight, that's why this whole Vedic routine of offering water to uh, sun in the morning or doing sun salutations in the morning. Right. Because it's worshipping sun that is the giver of life, and that is the signal. That is like a Big Ben clock that everybody looks at in the morning and starts their day. The channels are open, the pathways are open, the thing starts happening. You should be eating in a solar nutrition pattern when the sun is waking up in the morning. Uh, it is tender sunlight, so you should be eating a lighter breakfast because you are waking up after seven, eight, nine hours of sleep. Your agni is not that lively and burning properly. So you eat something light, warm breakfast, when sun is prominent in the middle of the day, eat your main meal of the day so that you can digest mm. and burn those calories since you're walking and doing a variety of different things throughout the day. 
again in the evening, eat a lighter meal. When the sun is setting, it doesn't have the whole lot of heat and energy. Again, you're going to sleep thereafter, so you don't need a whole lot of food. You should be done eating by 6.30 or 7, so that by the time you go to sleep in three hours, you have completed mm -hmm. the process of digestion. So you go to sleep, digested the food completely by that time. So that when you wake up in the morning, you wake up easily and effortlessly and a little bit hungry to a certain extent. So this is a science. This is a phenomenal science. Mm -hmm. It's been around for ages together. And the more I read about it, uh, every new scientific headline validates the same ancient principle of Ayurveda and yoga. Oh, that is that is phenomenal. I mean, just like you pointed out in ancient times, uh, they used to offer water to the sun and do Surya Namaskar and worship the sun. I remember when Ram had gone for that, you know, uh, gone to fight or gone on war against Ravana, he chanted the Aditya Ridayam, which is like, again, salutations to the sun for some strength, for some courage, for some determination. And like you mentioned, if we align our lifestyles to the sun, we wake up at the right time, eat at the right time, have our, you know, uh, best meal at lunch, sleep at the right time, and automatically our, you know, health and vitality, they'll, and, they'll and shoot the, up, right? And the thing is, uh, yeah, Miss, I, I think you're absolutely right. The Aditya Sotra was... Um, not because he didn't have strength or he didn't know no. what to do, but it was it was the confusion. He was confusion. not sure whether this war is right for him or not, whether okay. it's going to kill a big chunk of humanity and it is the right thing, is it the right dharma to do for not. So that yeah. confusion, he wanted to bring in the light that gave him the clarity to go ahead and do the battle. So sun is also giving you the clarity, shedding the light. That's why the inner sun, we worship Gayatri Mantra, is is your inner sun that you need to invoke and that's exactly what this whole tradition is all about you talk about sun salutations you talk about gayatri mantra you talk about invoking sun bringing the radiant light of knowledge these are all these are all um, uh, wonderful ways to connect and reconnect with this even mm -hmm. though we know from a modern medical science or quantum physics as such that um, um, it is an illusion that sun rises in east and sets in west. It's right. not true. There's, there's nothing such thing like that. Um, oh. Because we ought to, what we know is the sun is shining all the time. It's our planet a little bit moving. That's why it is casting a shadow of imagination that this is rising east and setting west. But you like it or not, every species is affected by that. So every living species is affected by that. So you you can make most out of that curse is simply live in accordance with the changing rhythms of nature and that's what ayurveda is all about rhythms of nature rhythms of seasons even mother nature gives you different foods in different seasons to eat yeah because that's exactly what you should be eating but if you shop in supermarket where any food is available at any time of the year then right. you are not shopping in the right places. So you go to a local farmer's market, they are going to sell you what is in season right now, what they can grow, and that is what is needed for the body. Right now, it's warm summer months, and you go and find some tropical fruits and things. That's yeah. what you should be eating. So yeah. if, you are, if you are going out and eating different foods at this time, then you're not in sync with nature. So nutrition, thinking, lifestyle, even the seasons, and mm -hmm. the festivals, okay, all the festivals are based yeah. upon this lunar lunar cycle and lunar calendar as we talk about. 
every yeah. season whether it's winter when it's dull and dark you want a lot of social functions starting from thanksgiving christmas holidays mm. you want to be with people to dispel the darkness and not yeah. to feel lonely and get winter blues and things like that when right. it comes spring there are festivals for spring whether you talk about purim and jewish tradition baisakhi in india or holi or things like that they are all perfectly synced with what you should be doing even what food need to be cooked around that time what you should be eating and what are the values and things that you should be cultivating during those times so i think i think this whole tradition is is so fascinating as mm-hmm. we decode it from a scientific lens perspective that's what my job has been is looking at these things through a scientific lens to really understand and decode them so that we we give them the due respect that it deserves and more yeah. importantly try to implement them to the best of our ability got it got it and by the way i think our viewer amina has become a fan of your quote which states eat late to gain some weight sleep late to gain some weight it's really catchy and i'm sure all of our listeners want to learn more about how they can really tune their lifestyles and themselves to the circadian rhythms but you also speak about the rhythm of our microbiome right our gut clock and you mentioned that there's a critical connection between the circadian rhythms and our microbiome so for our audience could you give us an overview of what the microbiome really is and then if you could tell us the connection between the two thank you amina thank you for sharing that and the way it works is ayurveda looks at our heart as as lotus and that lotus opens in the sunlight and it shuts down when it's after sunset so our heart our srotas our channels our pathways are more open in the sunlight and they shut down so when you are eating late and sleeping late then you are throwing a big uh, lump of food uh, in a system which is already shut down and mm-hmm. in a shut down system the food is going to stay there without being digested for a long time so it becomes uh, heavy dull sleepy sluggish mucusy sticky and you wake up congested dull heavy and groggy because heart rate pulse rate respiratory rate everything slows down when you sleep mm-hmm. and when the system shuts down the food just stays there without being digested and creates a lot of unwanted heaviness and dullness which is a perfect prescription to gain weight going back to the microbiome i think ayurveda is it's probably the only science that i know which has talked about these uh, these microbes in our gut which we are realizing from from modern medicine that yeah. about uh, 99% of the dna that we have in our body actually doesn't belong to us it belongs to these trillions and trillions of microbes that are everywhere in the body so our body is is filled with these microbial population that is not only in the gut but that's in every opening every layer of skin so our body is belongs to them technically and it's a symbiotic association is is where the vedic quotation is do we live in their body or they live in our body mm. if you make their life difficult they will make your life very difficult so whatever you do whether you eat eat a high fiber diet you eat a lot of good quality starches and vegetables and plant based diet which are bio biodegradable recyclable all of those things those are the things which they thrive upon so our gut mm-hmm. is is the main colonies of these microbes and if at all you are eating the foods which is allowing that microbiome to not to get inflamed 
not to get dried out, not to get wiped out, then they will help you digest the food, extract the nutrients and eliminate the unwanted waste. But if you're wiped out with taking antibiotics or not eating the right food, you're eating a lot of plastics in your food and a lot of synthetics in your food, uh, a lot of pesticides, insecticides, additives, colors, preservatives, they're all very toxic to these gut microbiome population. And once you wipe them out, your digestion becomes very uh, sluggish. You create inflammation in your gut, you create leaky gut, you create gut permeability, you create inflammatory bowel diseases and that rampant inflammation in the gut, which is in constant communication with your brain, is the root cause of most of the problems and diseases that I see in my clinical practice right now. There's a direct pathway between your enteric nervous system and your central nervous system. As your enteric nervous system in the gut is inflamed, your central nervous system in the brain also becomes agitated. So the root causes of depression, anxiety, unhappiness, obsessive compulsive behavior, too much of anger with leads to inflammation. And inflammation is the internal global warming that we all have. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, uh, so many different and important pieces of information that you shared. Uh, the fact that we are in this symbiotic relationship with our gut biome, which is not just present in our gut, but also, like you mentioned, in our openings, um, maybe in our other parts of our body as well. But they help and support with digestion. And if we eat or consume stuff that is literally cleaning them off or destroying them, that will not just affect our digestion, but it will also affect our emotions because they're connected to our brain. This is a lot of fascinating information, and I'm sure our listeners are you know, taking notes and writing stuff down right now. Now, since we're talking about understanding ourselves and eating accordingly, what is vata, kapha, and pitta? If you could talk about these terms and their significance to our overall well-being. Well, Ayurveda considers that the universe is made up of the five basic elements, and the five basic yeah. elements are space, air, fire, water, and earth. Okay. So space, air, fire, water, and earth, the whole universe, every little thing in the universe is made up of these five things. Okay. Just for simplification, Ayurveda has combined some of these elements to call them as doshas. Okay. So the combination of space and air creates a dosha, which is called as vata. Vata is a combination of space and air. The combination of fire and water is a dosha called pitta, which is fire and water together. Mm. And kapha is a combination of water and earth. So the doshas are permutations and combinations of the basic element itself. Mm -hmm. And they are having structures as well as functions in the body that they govern. Okay. So there are some structural locations of these doshas and there are various functions. Like vata is responsible for all kinds of movement, transportation, communication. Everywhere is governed by vata. Pitta mm -hmm. is responsible for digestion, metabolic conversion, temperature. Kapha is responsible for cohesion, structure, lubrication, binding everything together. So they work hand in hand together like good friends and they structure our physiology. They create our mind body type. So they okay. have specific impact on the body. So it's under the influence of vata, you'll be lean and thin and wiry and difficulty to gain weight and enterprising mind and you will have a very active mind. You love to talk and it creates a body type which is more air and space quality embedded mm. in it. If you're a more of a pitta type, you'll be flushed, red, warm, intense, passionate, 
dynamic, a bit pushy, a bit compulsive, a bit analytical, right. a little bit more inflammatory, more acidic, more bilious in nature, uh, those kind of mentality and those kind of personality, which is a combination of mind and body both. And kapha type is more like uh, heavy, easygoing, relaxed, a little bit more uh, procrastinating, dull, big bones, big structures, good combination of big muscles and fats and bone, uh, more easygoing person, but a little bit more on the lazier side. So not only uh-huh. their body works that way, their mind works that way. So these are uh, things that we inherit from our parents. The way we eat hereafter will either nourish our doshas, will increase them and decrease them, and will create imbalances in the structure. So the whole Ayurvedic science is based upon understanding your connection with the elements through your doshas and what are you bringing in which is going to increase or decrease that doshic balance in your body and that's what ayurveda is all about wonderful wonderful thanks a lot for sharing now in your book you write that uh, and you've alluded to this as well that lunch is uh, pretty much the most important meal of the day right because i personally i do intermittent fasting which means i skip my breakfast and then the first meal i have is at around 1 30 to 2 but i have a good good meal at that point so is that the way to go is... well again uh, the biggest meal that you have in the middle of the day that's perfectly fine not okay. everybody can sustain long fasting like i just now said vata people uh, they will feel lightheaded they'll feel dizzy they'll feel weak and low energy they right. need something to pick me up to have the right kind of warm breakfast, small, easily digestible. And not everybody will have a big appetite to have that big meal at 1.30 in the afternoon to digest okay. everything. So based upon your body type, you can select something which is good for you. Uh, I won't recommend intermittent fasting. Is, uh, intermittent fasting is good for every body type. But some body type, if you want to maintain and manage body weight and you are disciplined enough to, to follow that, I think it's not a bad idea. It works miraculously well. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. I guess it's important to know your mind-body type and then work obviously with an expert or a consultant so that you can identify what works for you best. Uh, now let's talk about speak about Vyayam uh, because you write about Vyayam or exercise in your book. Let's talk about the timing. What is the best time to conduct or perform that exercise which is so important and integral to health? Laghavam karma samartham dipto agnir medasakshayaha. This is a classical Ayurvedic explanation. So it says the best time to do exercise is the kapha time of the day. As the doshas have a peculiar dosha clock, as we call it. Okay. Okay. So morning 6 to 10 a.m. is the time of kapha. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is the time of kapha. From 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. is the time of pitta. When you are eating Mm -hmm. your big meal at 1.30, that's the time of pitta. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is pitta time. Okay. From 2 p.m. in the afternoon till 6 p.m. is vata time. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the evening is vata time. Again, mm-hmm. in the evening from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is the kapha time. So okay. the last bus that takes you there to help you sleep better is by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. And then from 10 to 2 in the night is the pitta time. So the body is very active, dynamic, carrying out numerous functions between 10 to 2 a.m. in the night. And 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the vata time in the morning. So ideally, you should wake up around 6 o'clock in the morning as the vata time is ending. And the best time to do exercise is between 6 to 10 a.m. in the morning. And that's what I said in my book because morning exercise, morning workout dispels fatigue. And if you look at the research which I cited there, 
mm-hmm. that people who are able to get in at least a 30 minute of brisk vigorous exercise before right. breakfast in the kapha time of the day yeah. will prevent stroke heart disease type 2 diabetes by 43% wow. if this was a drug this would be a miracle drug okay a 30 minute brisk exercise will reduce the chances of you having these diseases by 50% because you are you are not only getting tired but you have felt pretty heavy after waking up uh, for um, 7 8 9 hours of sleep so you are shedding heaviness the kapha is the energy that you want to build up the muscles bone tonifying energizing quality and yeah. you you show up for work completely wide awake and energized without needing caffeine and things and with that workout you are really hungry by 12:30 or 1 o'clock uh, in the afternoon where you can have a better meal of the day so i think morning workout we can't talk enough about it uh, mm-hmm. the skeletal muscles have a memory they have a circadian memory as we call them because they have to recover from that the most effectively they recover is from morning workout if the same workout is done at 7 o'clock in the evening they get exhausted there are more chances for sports injury just because of that time and this is very interesting and i don't know whether you want me to go there or not but um, like currently we have this uh, nba uh, schedule playoff going on yeah. so players go from one time zone to the other time zones yeah. they are playing at different times every other day or something like that it takes a toll on their performance a lot mm. even though some of them are smart and taking good rest and taking precautions but it makes a lot of difference where you were on the east coast then you are on the west coast and you are playing yeah. 3 hours earlier or 3 hours later all of that thing makes a big difference even if you go to olympic okay people yeah. go to suddenly from here to rio to compete in olympics it's a complete different thing where you are in a in a different season by the time you go there so you were in winter and you go to southern south america it's in summer there your body is is completely missed the skit uh, uh, a season itself and that affects your performance that affects your your uh, athletic ability cognitive ability all of that so this whole cycle of what the season does to you what the timing does to your body is a new science that is coming to light God, it's called God. a circadian medicine circadian medicine well i'm glad that you uh, mentioned that because uh, we do have a lot of so what can these people do to maybe um, avoid this uh, challenge that happens when they cross these time zones when they cross these seasons is there something well, that they can, they can again, do again it's going to take a toll on their health no matter what you do because right. uh, it does it does trick the body and it is it is when it started creating the difficulties and challenges and when you travel through time zones your mm-hmm. bowel movements your energy your sleep pattern your hunger and digestion everything is uh, is shifted so you should be eating less you should be eating right you should okay. be doing the oil massages you should be putting drops of oil in your nose uh, every time you sit uh, in the plane you should be putting few drops of oil in your ears when you're flying uh, every time you land you should get into the routine of living according to time zone there itself uh, maybe taking a melatonin that might help you support that routine quickly to a certain extent but eating less eating right regulating keeping an emphasis on your bowel movements making sure that 
you are doing something simple herb like trifala, what I mentioned in the book, are really good to regulate your bowel movements if you're on the road. Uh, the more you do, I think, I think uh, doing a pleasant uh, walk in the morning or in the evening in different time zones that you go, staying physically active, um, mm. not overeating too late in the night, trying to still slowly sink in from the time zone that you are coming from and slowly get used to the change in the shift uh, in the new time zone that is happening. But this is understandable. For work, you, me, you and me, we all have to travel and we have to do things. Yeah. But there's a different thing which I mentioned in the book, which yeah. is called a social jet lag. And okay. these are the people who somehow behave properly from Monday to Friday. They have yeah. to work, they show up 6 o'clock in the morning, wake up, uh, grab their breakfast, show up for work, do the work, come back home. Since they have to go back to work, they go to sleep at a proper time, they exercise, they eat less, all of that. Monday to Friday, they're fine. But come Friday, right. they have as a license to eat out and sleep late and do whatever they want. So they go out, they eat late and they, they drink, they socialize, and then they wake up around 10.30 or 11 on Saturday because there's no pressure for them to wake up or do anything at that time. So it's, since they wake up so late, uh, they'll be having brunch instead of breakfast around 2 o'clock or something, 3 o'clock, and then they'll have that brunch or uh, delayed breakfast. And then since they ate that late, then their dinner would be around 10 o'clock in the night. And again, it's Saturday night. Who wants to sleep early? So they're again partying and staying up awake. And then catch up on sleep on Sunday again, 10, 10 30, they wake up and do their day. But come Monday, mm -hmm. they have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and start it all over again. So right. they have, as if, gone to a different time zone over the weekend and come back and woke up in a different time zone on Monday. Right. And what we know that one hour time zone change takes one day to normalize the routine. So if there's a two or three hour time zone changes, it's going to take Wednesday or Thursday for them to normalize their digestion, bowel movement, energy. And by the time they're normalized, it's one more Friday and you do it all over again. So I call it as a social jet lag. And so many people do that almost mm -hmm. on every weekly basis. Got it, got it. Social jet lag. Action Tribe viewers, listeners, if you're watching this, I'm sure you're able to resonate. Um, and again, this is something that needs to change so that you're not having these uh, experiences on the weekend versus during the week when you may be getting ready and going to work. Uh, now, uh, doctor, one of the most common questions that I get from our listeners and our community is about sleep because there are different types of people. Like you've mentioned, there are some people who habitually sleep late, right? Like really late at night. And there are those people who, even though they try, they're not able to get sleep, whether it's in terms of length or even quality of sleep. So could you talk to us a bit about the significance of you know, optimal uh, sleep as well as how can Ayurveda help with you know, improving the quality and quantity of sleep? I think sleep is, is a very important factor. It is, it is something which is considered to be a yoga maya. You need to be mm -hmm. in bed at that time. The whole nature is, universe is asleep at that time. So you right. should be in bed between 10 to 6 p.m. in the night. Some people have uh, difficulty falling asleep like Vata people. I call them as chronotypes. So Vata people who are light and flighty and have a tendency to worry about they have to be a little bit more careful. They have to stop their television uh, uh, way early in the evening because the last impression they have, it lingers into their psyche and creates some degree of anxiety 
um, unwanted telephone conversations, things like that. They should mm -hmm. be probably taking a nice relaxing warm bath or an oil massage or something, crack open a book or a magazine and uh, they will be able to sleep better. They have to keep their bedroom pretty dark. They can massage mm -hmm. the soles of their feet. Um, they can listen to some soothing music in the night. So eat some good warming food in the night, maybe a cup of warm almond milk with a little bit of turmeric and ghee. Uh, anything of that kind is really good for help them sleep and stay asleep. For Pitta type, they, they cannot be doing overcharge stimulation, emails, communication, right. watching violent movies and things like that. They should, they should stop working uh, at least a couple of hours before they go to sleep. They should soak their feet with cool water so that it pulls the heat from the head to the feet. They should keep mm -hmm. their bedroom nice and cool so that they are able to sleep. And they should also keep the bedroom very, very dark without any flashing lights or beeps or anything like that, which also helps them sleep better and calmer as said. And Kapha people, they don't have problems sleeping. They have problem waking up. So they want to make sure that they are going to sleep at a proper time and they are waking up uh, early in the morning uh, without oversleeping or anything. So there's a sleep hygiene that I mentioned in my book, uh, mm -hmm. which is really good. So exercise according to your uh, chronotypes, sleep according to your chronotypes. And we are realizing painfully that it's such an important factor in one's life. We used to think earlier that when you have nothing else to do, that's what you do is sleep. Yes. But now we are painfully realizing sleep is one of the most potent anti-inflammatory activity that one will ever do. Wow. It is one of the most potent anti-inflammatory activity that one will ever do. Lack of sleep makes you overweight, fat, and dumb. If you lose your cognitive function, you create dementia, you create early onset of Alzheimer because of chronic lack of sleep. So I think whatever you can do to improve sleep hygiene, um, taking certain herbs, uh, getting the right kind of support and advice to do that, being pleasantly tired at, by the end of the day is also very important that will help you sleep better. Got it. So that's that's really powerful. I mean, it's not just about the hustle, but it's also about being honest with yourself. And if you're tired, then yes, you're tired. And then you need to do something about it. Create an environment in your room, which is conducive to sleep, because we're learning sleep is so important to your overall, not just health, but also longevity. Now, doctor, you've shared your story at the beginning about how it all began for you. But my question is, how did when did you arrive in the US first? And how has the perception of Ayurveda shifted over the years? How has it changed? Well, I've been living in this country for almost 20 years now. Okay. And um, I was in and out several times to back to my home country. And I have made this as a home base and I travel everywhere. Uh, I live and work here in Santa Cruz. But I think Ayurveda is growing along with yoga. There is greater awareness. I think earlier these sciences uh, were looked at more of a soft spiritual sciences, but now we are realizing there's a hardcore science involved with yoga and Ayurveda together. And there's more and more research universities, research projects, NIH-funded projects, research projects are going on. Uh, National Ayurvedic Medical Association, which I'm a board member, is, is also doing a pioneering work in structuring Ayurvedic education, uh, scope of practice, standards, competencies, all of that. So there's a greater body of Ayurvedic practitioners that is coming around, which is integrating the, the learning of yoga and Ayurveda and effective stress management and detox and lifestyle and food and fitness. All of those things is so powerful that you can really save a lot of challenges. And what we are realized right now, 
that the onslaught of chronic diseases, these are called as NCDs, mm -hmm. NCDs, which are non-communicable diseases, and most of them are happening because you're not communicating with yourself properly, right. and you're kind of unhappy, and because of deep-seated unhappiness, you have a poor lifestyle. The reason why you eat bad food, the reason why you smoke, drink, or don't exercise is because there's something bugging you which is not making you happy and relaxed. So Ayurveda is, is a spiritually infused uh, way of training people and educating people. It's an enlightened way of living, and that's what Ayurveda is about. So it's growing and gaining popularity. Many people like you who are doing a phenomenal work to get the word out, get the message out. So it's regaining its its respect and glory that it truly deserves. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for your kind words. And uh, doctor, what is that one action step? What is that one thing that our listeners can do next based on the discussion that we're having today and the wisdom that you've shared? Well, I would say don't eat anything after seven o'clock. That's number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the second challenge I would like to do is between breakfast, lunch and dinner, don't eat any calorie. Don't eat any food, no snacking between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. God, okay, God. so uh, fasting in between the meals and don't eat anything from 7 till 8 o'clock in the morning. So minimum 13 hours of good, decent fasting that you should be doing. And try doing maybe 15, 20 minutes of brisk, vigorous exercise. Uh, even if you do jump roping or light jogging, wherever you live, whichever weather it is, um, it is, it is something really, really good. It will set the tone of your day before breakfast. 15, 20 minutes of brisk, vigorous exercise before breakfast. So there you go, Action Tribe. To access the show notes for today's episode, <coughs> make sure that you visit my7chakras.com forward slash 306. That's the episode number, my7chakras.com forward slash 306. When the diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When the diet is correct, medicine is of no use this is an ayurvedic proverb and it's featured in dr suhas's book as well action tribe very often when we encounter a difficult challenge or maybe a difficulty overall we feel like there's no way out we feel like this is it and we feel like there's no way that we're going to get out of this right but like we're learning today if we take a step back pay attention to our diet, pay attention to our circadian rhythms and make sure that we're doing things like eating and exercising and sleeping at the right time. Just that focus can shift our energy and enable us to look at the problem that we're facing in a new light. And very often this renewed perspective can help us solve and overcome that problem. So remember, when diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. But when the diet is right, is correct, then the medicine is again of no use. So Dr. Suhas, could you talk to us about a time when you had gone through a difficulty or a challenge in your life? How did you uh, overcome it? And then what did you uh, learn from it? Well, I think we all face various different challenges, but one of the biggest challenges was to leave my country and get used to living abroad. It was, was a big challenge initially. I was a little bit confused, not knowing exactly whether this is the right thing for me to do or not. Right. But I think, I think as I started doing and believing what I was doing was carrying the torch forward where I'm coming from, um, the, the feeling that I'm not doing my dharma slowly faded away and uh, allowed me to probably do something which I fully believe. So uh, that was several earlier years of uh, kind of a turmoil and chaos and confusion that I was feeling, whether 
I would rather be uh, staying home with my country, with my people and doing something which is good for them, for that community. But I think the project and the inspiration that I found in His Holiness Mahashima Yashogi and many eminent teachers means we work with some very eminent people um, currently in the field of medicine. It's it's really it's uh, uh, like a renaissance, bringing yoga and Ayurveda to its glory, doing our work. Um, we can't change everything, but we can be this little candle that we can constantly shed light and dispel the darkness to the best of our ability that we can do. And a renaissance it is, thanks a lot for taking the lead and showing the others what they can do and how they can inspire the world around them. So based on what you've shared, based on your story, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you can share with our listeners? Go with the flow. Go with the flow. You can't plan a whole lot of things. Go with the flow and look around and you will find the, the signs around you that will guide you whether you're on the right track. And Wonderful. You don't have to plan. You don't have to intellectualize a whole lot of things. You don't have to be scared or make a lot of calculation analysis. Go with the flow and it'll tell you exactly where you are and where you need to go. So there you Action Tribe. Go with the flow and pay attention to the signs and the symbols and the things that you're receiving. I hope you've enjoyed today's session so far. Remember, if you are listening to the audio version of this episode, then you're missing out by not watching the live version because every Saturday we do a live stream of our episodes from our My 7 Chakras page. So make sure that you hit the uh, like button to receive the notifications and on today's episode we've covered so many topics it's about time both me and you we pay more attention to the circadian rhythms and align our activities around it uh, it's time that it's time to eat at the right time sleep at the right time exercise at the right time to generate the energy that we deserve that will fuel our dreams and our visions and it's time we pay more attention to how the universe around us is influencing the universe within us and vice versa because as the author david frawley once said as long as we are not living in harmony with nature and our constitution we cannot expect ourselves to be really healed ayurveda gives us the means and with that we move on to the final round for today's episode the wisdom round four short questions that require four brief but useful and actionable responses. So, Doctor, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Well, I think the most important advice that I received is um, work for yourself. I received this advice uh, when I had no idea about uh, what I want to do and learn business or learn any tricks of trades or anything. Just, Just try to create a structure where if you are able to do and work for yourself, then you'll be much more passionate. You'll be much more free to really enjoy the work and not feel burdened or bothered by anything else. And you can take it with you. You can develop new skills. And I think I received that advice uh, when I came to this country several years ago. And I was very happy and very pleased that I followed that advice. Got it. So if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently dead or maybe even living, who would it be? Well, I would I would be I was very, very fascinated by Mahatma Gandhi and uh, his his life journey and things. So that would be one thing which I would I would really, really 
would like to spend some time with him to really understand his core belief system and uh, the phenomenal human being and everything that he went to uh, as a not as a as an ideal role model from anyone else but he made his own mistakes he learned from his own mistakes he created his own philosophy and i i feel very inspired by him and what is that one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before sleeping that has really improved the quality of your life love to exercise every morning so that's yeah. my every morning routine before uh, breakfast i i love to do that and i'm a good tennis player and i love to play tennis and uh, i hit some balls today as well and evening i always make sure that uh, i i do some self reflective um activity where um maybe a gratitude uh, prayer or something just just few minutes before sleep i practice meditation regularly transcendental meditation so that has been a part and uh, feature of my everyday routine for um, more than 3 4 decades now so i think the those those simple things which creates these mindfulness based uh, uh pausing moments that consciously slow down your train of thoughts and the way you are looking at life and uh, opens you to a different dimension is what is the biggest uh, change that i have made in my day to day living got it and if you could share or recommend one book for our listeners what would it be well i love my my friend and colleague dr deepak chopra's book uh, the seven spiritual laws of success it's a great book it's a small beautiful book loaded with information uh, contains a lot of vedantic wisdom totally infused completely practical and i would highly highly recommend everyone to get a copy of that seven spiritual laws of success so action tribe the question is would you like to receive this book for free the seven spiritual laws of success because audible.com is offering action tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial so that you can get to check out their service because listening is the new reading and the fact that you are listening to this right now proves my point and i definitely love listening to all my audible books on my phone and in most cases these books are read out by the author themselves so to try it out and to download your next audio book go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book for your free audio book so dr suhas thank you so much for joining us today it was a real honor to connect with you and to ask you these questions and i'm sure all our listeners are feeling the same way before you go what is it one thing that you're grateful for and how can we find you online well i think uh, <clears throat> i'm i'm grateful for for the human life and the wonderful nature that we inherited so uh, i think i think maintaining our connection with uh, with nature and spending some time outdoors every day so is always good i live close to ocean mountains greeneries redwoods forests this is something phenomenal to be able to uh, have a degree of that kind of vibrant nature around us which i'm very grateful for um my my website is drsuhas.com you can find me <clears throat> on internet at my clinic website ayurvedichealing.net ayurvedichealing.net and uh, you can you can find my books i have written three wonderful books uh, the hot belly diet that was published by simon schuster you can find that on amazon barnes and noble everywhere on internet 
Uh, <clears throat> I wrote a book by David Frawley, uh, with David Frawley and uh, uh, Vam Dev Shastri, as we call him. It was a technical book, The Art and Science of Vedic Counseling. It's a wonderful book for all yogis, practitioners, uh, uh, Ayurvedic and yogic practitioners and therapists. So it's called as The Art and Science of Vedic Counseling. And lastly, my new book, which is Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life. And it became a bestseller. It's already translated in 13 different languages around the globe. And I think it's a phenomenal book and it'll really inspire you, motivate you to correct few changes that will make a very powerful shift to the way you live and the way you feel. So I wish you all the best and our paths will cross again very soon. Till that time, all light, peace and love. Thank you. So there you go, Action Tribe. We will have all the links up in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you've listened so far, it means that you really enjoyed today's episode. If you feel optimistic, you feel charged up, and you've learned something new, then please support our podcast. We've got a PayPal donation button. So choose your favorite number and donate to our Action Tribe movement because with your support, we can create more and more useful and informative episodes. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash support. That's my7chakras.com forward slash support. If you're on Instagram, and I know many of you are, then take a screenshot of you listening to this episode with Dr. Sohas and tag me on Instagram so that I can share your story with our community. My handle is at my7chakras, at my7chakras. And finally, if you have any questions, observations, comments, or you'd like to share an experience from today's episode, then write to us at aj at my7chakras.com that's aj at my7chakras.com finally dr suhas thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about changing our lives by changing our schedule and giving these amazing nuggets of wisdom that people can immediately apply after this episode and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you so much thank you namaste thank you for listening to my seven chakras at my seven chakras.com that is my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com <laughs>